Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The anti slut shaming podcast. Yo, you have a sex? I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. What up, fuckers? How you doing? Are you doing okay? It's it's hard out here, you know? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Welcome to our show. Mm, did you watch a comedy special yet on YouTube.com slash Guys We Fucked without the you and fucked? You probably did. Thank you. <laughs> We appreciate we it. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. you can only hear something so many times before your hair starts falling out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and if you want to email us, you know how to do it. It's sorry about last night's show at gmail.com. We got a bunch of good stories and we appreciate it. Thank you so much for sending them in. Thank Here. you. My soul needed it. <laughs> Here is one of them. <laughs> I think the bad ones are funny. They but... are. And they're interesting and they're necessary because that's how we learn. But good God, I need a, one good one and a sea of bad. Yeah. I guess, I guess the fact that everyone keeps sending us bad stories kind of makes me feel better that I'll say like something very explicitly and then you know I'll be like the sky is blue and then everyone on the online will be like Corinne just said the sky is pink and I don't know how she thinks the sky is pink it's like is she even thinking about like inclusivity that's because people have pent up energy in them probably from you know their upbringing and then they're like how do I get it out I'll just yell at this lady (laughs) so this subject line is very direct it's called a good story thank you hi Corinne and Christina in last week's episode and bonus episode Christina put out a call for good stories I did my story is my my story my My story my story yeah. is far from perfect, but it's a positive one and maybe one of the few examples that defies Corinne's observation that men always get more out of a relationship. <gasps> That's great. Well, I'm guessing this is about how um, you became paraplegic and <laughs> your boyfriend, your boyfriend you. spoon fed you applesauce. Thank you for Aww. sharing that with us. What a nice guy. <laughs> I rarely dated in high school and college when I was a young kid. I told my parents I would graduate first in my class from college, get a scholarship to a good college and I guess first in my class from high school you mean get a good scholarship to college and become a doctor and I've done just that hell yeah and everyone listening is gonna be like oh my god she manifested that for that, herself that's what I was thinking she did no she, she went she went to school for a long time and then she became a doctor <laughs> but she, she did worked really, really at, hard it. at it but she had a goal to do good and she did it she was uh, really really smart and then she went to school for seven years um, and I've done just that while all this was happening my family was concerned asking are you even into guys what I'm busy, ma. I'm doctoring. And I just told them that dating was a distraction from my goals. Guys would come and go, but they tended to be intimidated by me and truthfully just weren't on my level emotionally and intellectually. So you got to move on. Because I'm a fucking doctor. Yeah, daddy. Yeah, doctor. they're not they're not on my level. Although I tell dick jokes, so I can only imagine if you were a doctor. Oh, yeah, that pool is way narrow. Uh, things changed for me in 2012. I was in grad school and wanted to actively look for a partnership. I messaged Dave on OkCupid. <laughs> Uh-oh. He looked like Harry Potter Aww. and my nerd heart was so happy. Now we're understanding why the relationship was more equal. She goes, I messaged someone way below me and he was so happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> we messaged back and forth on AIM and had a phone. This is a millennial story. And on forth on AIM and had a phone call before our first date at Panera Bread. Wow. Risky. Risky. And we just kept going on dates. He took me out to nice dinners, concerts, comedy shows, movies, et cetera, et cetera. And he always paid for me as I was a very broke grad student. 
For a long time, I felt guilty about this, but turns out he was just very financially stable and providing in that way as part of his love language. I hadn't been with anyone long enough to be sexually explorative, and with him, I was really able to blossom in my sexuality. Nice. Nine months in, we knew we wanted to be each other's long-term partner, and I knew things were serious because he asked me to help him pick out a rescue cat who he just had to put to sleep. R.I.P. Sorry for your loss. Uh, A few months later, he asked me to help him pick out a house. I was clear that I wanted to live together before we got engaged and I wanted to finish grad school before we got married. Over the years, we have done a lot of traveling in the U.S. and abroad. He taught me to prioritize experiences over things. That's good. He bought me amazing tickets to a Beyonce (gasps) concert for our one year anniversary. Christina. He's a keeper. (laughs) I can be impatient and quick to anger and he knows how to make me laugh and helps me relax. And I am able to light a fire under his ass when he is feeling lackadaisical. (sighs) Y'all, he's cute. He cooks. He cleans. He surprises me with gifts. He is amenable to suggestions and change. And he supports me in the pursuit of my passions. Plus, we continue to have fun and frequent sex and are still finding new things we haven't done before. He has the most beautiful penis I've ever seen. That's awesome. Things have not always been sunshine and rainbows. We both have difficult mental health histories and have supported each other through dark times. We have been to therapy separately and together, and that's how we have learned how to communicate better and how to grow uh, together and as individuals. I want to cry. This is so beautiful. It's so funny because I still don't like this email. I Um, love it. I think I just don't like other people's stories. Yeah. you're in the wrong yeah i just podcast. i just think no i find them interesting it's like well i love i mean oh, are you I, like happy for others you mean like that no it's not about that i feel i feel neutral about uh, this because it just it's still like it's like it's so she titled it a good story and i think to me this, i still don't interpret this as a good story it just seems like yeah you worked really hard to make a relationship work because you wanted a relationship that's a good story i don't just don't yeah. hear about it. i just never i don't hear enough about that yeah, no, I mean, that too. Um, we moved in together in 2016, got engaged in 2017, married in 2018, pregnant in 2019. Nice. And welcomed twins. I'm having like a visceral response to this. Um, <laughs> That's I, not good. Do you want me to keep reading? <laughs> I think I might be a medium. Um, pregnant in 2019 and welcomed twins via C-section in 2020. I'm happy to share details and stories about all these stages if anyone is interested, unlikely as it may be. <laughs> Haha. I always knew I wanted to be a mom. And after my experience with pregnancy, birth and parenting, I can say that it is absolutely one of the most challenging things I've experienced. And truthfully, sometimes I do wish we had decided to keep it the two of us forever. <laughs> I hope some honesty, girl. I hope Hopefully your kids, kids never watch this. this That's all right. You're going to learn to be honest with yourself. It's okay. <sighs> but I also can't imagine not having these two cuties in the world. My husband is an awesome co-parent. And when I hear my friends complaining about their lazy or unhelpful spouses, I can sympathize but can't relate. Nice. Love you both. And the podcast Oh, I literally was looking at this picture and I go, oh my That's God, you. this girl looks exactly like me. Because <laughs> it is you, girl. But it was just a picture it's of us. me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was in Boston. Was in Boston. Oh my God, that's funny. Love oh yeah, in Boston. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing the dress that I um, bought for Valentine's Day dinner with James and when he spent the whole time looking at another woman in the restaurant. Um, <laughs> love you both. Shout out, baby. How are you doing? Hope your marriage is well. Um, love you both on the podcast. <laughs> After years of listening, I realize this type of partnership is rare and it also takes a lot of work, but it is absolutely worth it i attached pics of us including one with you two from a boston show nice. after we got engaged oh my god your little twins are so cute i actually were i they look familiar they this, do i remember he this looks photo. like i remember your husband because he looks like bo burnham he looked like bo burnham there and i thought that when i met him yeah I was like, oh, that's yeah sweet. yeah you guys are cute yeah i do remember oh that. that's so fun i love love thank you for telling us about your love you have this you don't you didn't i mean 
You just didn't, nothing happened for you. You just think, read the words. I think. Which is fine. I think to me, well, number one, I always, so when you say a good story, I'm good. I see. Like my expectations comedian, are so, yeah, so yeah. fucking high when you say good story. And to me, that just sounds like, oh, that was like a healthy, a normal, positive, regular. A positive story. I, I would read it as neutral. Really? To me, that's like. In this dog the way eat, things are supposed to happen. In this, yes, basically. exactly. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, this, in this dog eat dog world, I mean, you just, you know, you don't get a lot of neutral these days. I think there's a lot of neutral in places that aren't like cities. Does that seem May- fair? I don't know. Because when there's not cities, you're bored and on meth. Well, it depends. Not I mean, always. I like the part where she was a doctor. All the other stuff is just like, uh, yeah, everyone I know who's not who's not fucking a, a loser did that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, because I think it's like, and it's also, I. it's just like my goals are never going to be parallel to somebody else's. So right. unless I hear a story that's like exactly what I want to do, it's not going to like excite me. Right. I, I'm 100% with you. Oh, see, I get excited I, when other people I think are happy. Something's ah! Which is a disease, honestly. Oh, it's I'm exhausting. glad that she became a doctor, that she held out for a person who was worthy of her time. Like, I'm like, all these things to yeah. me are like, but to me, this is like, this is not like, oh, yay, this is like, yeah, you're doing exactly what I've yeah. been trying to fucking tell women to do for 10 years. Yeah. And then everyone's just said, you're a fat cunt. And I go, well, that's not. That's not exactly what I said. How I That's, that wasn't that. the instructions, kids. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, but we keep them bottled up, and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily, I found Quince. And now you have too because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids. Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. Thanks for emailing us. And Atlanta, Georgia, Saturday, September 10th, we're going to be at the Center Stage Theater. 
and you buy tickets right now. Sorry about last night. Comedy.com. It's in all of our social media handles at the link tree at guys. We fucked without the you and fucked across the board. I'm at Christina Hutch. I'm at philanthropy gal. Norwalk, Connecticut, September 24th. We're going to be at the Wall Street Theater. That is the one date that we're doing. That's probably going to be closest to the city. So if you live near the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, come to this show at the Wall Street Theater. Buy your tickets now. Yeah, and we're driving into that one, so yeah. who knows who will stick in the car with us. <laughs> Ooh, is that a... I don't know. I don't know. I, I know a hot does guy? Anyone, does anyone know who we're going to... No, no idea, truly. <laughs> we could, though. We yeah. could. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to leave your house, I get that. You can hang out and listen to the news with me and Shane Smith on Without a Country. Comes out every Saturdays wherever you listen to pod... Every Saturdays? Comes out every Saturday wherever you listen to podcasts, including the full video on YouTube. Subscribe to the Without a Country um, YouTube channel and our Instagram. It's fun. We share a lot of info. You want to... Uh, and I I know it seems a little early, but like you do you want to start thinking about what's happening in the country for that leading up to that 2024 election. I do think it's like time mm. now. People are fucking getting ready. We're going to start maybe having a feeling of who's running. These are important things. We don't want to get behind well, like I we did in 2016. Running. Yeah. No, I mean, it mm. is a r- real solid possibility that we're, we're going to have another <laughs> Trump. Mr. DT. Running. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's real possible. So I think like we've, mm. we've we were able to not think about him for like a little bit. So but I think long. it's time to start thinking about him again. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 I hate his face. Yeah. So. <sighs> Oh, well, um, well, and then I have a Patreon that I run that um, I do um, three, at least three um, Zoom group therapy and quotes chat sessions per month. And they're really interesting. And I love them so much. Basically, you just come and you share whatever's on your mind and I'll ask you questions and it's fun. And then I do um, episodes of my solo podcast, The Voices in Our Heads, exclusively for Patreon, where I talk about all the woo stuff and all the self-help stuff and the mom journey and the dad journey and all of it and then i'm uploading this week um the recording the audio from my two-hour group reading session with laurel and jackson it is fucking i listened back to it because i wanted to sit on it for like a couple weeks because i needed to take it in but i listened back to it and whoo you feel people heal it's wild it's fucking wild so patreon.com slash christina hutchinson and rate and review guys we fucked on apple Podcasts and follow guys we fucked on the apple podcast app if you haven't yet that keeps us in the top 200s of the comedy charts, which allows more people to uh, discover us, spread the word about the podcast, you know, put it up, throw it up on Instagram. Like, this is a podcast I like. Uh, these two gals know what the fuck they're doing. And that's it. Yes, thank you very much. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm okay. I'm doing great. I'm keeping up with my nutrition. I'm meditating. I haven't, I haven't, well, I cry, I, pr- I cry a lot, but like, that's so normal to me. That's not like, but I haven't been like had the sads in a while, which is really nice. Yeah, I was like, you you always cry. I, sometimes I moved happy to, cry. Yeah, I moved. I moved to tears multiple times a week. That's like, in a hilarious. Happy way. That's yeah, like, that's a good thing. That's like a good little, like, like blip for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good name for like a, a book too. Move like, to a, tears. Yeah, move to tears. That's an I autobiography yeah. title. Well, I, I really am. And then people, I didn't realize this, but the pattern said this about me. And then I always was like, huh? And then somebody mentioned it, and I've seen it in like random internet comments people some people not a lot so it's not like a misinterpretation that i get often but like some people think i fake my enthusiasm and i'm but i'm i'm like really i it's i read that on the pattern they're like may people may think that you're putting on a show or an act and i was like what that's weird and then someone someone said something to me in passing where i'm like that's exactly what the pattern said i didn't realize 
people would get that read on me. But uh, well, I, I think also sometimes legit. people think really happy adults sometimes, especially I think after sharing maybe like the sadder part of your life story, people think it's like, you know, a lot of people are really uh, enthusiastic to kind of almost amp themselves up. Which I was for a while. Yeah. And I think so maybe it could be that, not necessarily like that you're like being fake. Right, right, right. It's like, I have to see the happy because if I see the sad, I'll crumble and die. I also just think in general, though, most, many people are so miserable that they I guess think so. that. There's like, then ain't no way that girl's that happy. Right. A yeah. happy adult is just like, Smoke weed you're a fraud day. in some way that like you can't be happy that you're not happy that it's like, because right. they, they're like, how is this person so happy? Right, I'm not right. Happy. They do that with Corinne and her confidence. Yeah, right. Well, but exactly. I think, Same sort of thing. But what I'm saying is that then I think then when Christina had like a bout of depression, they were like, yeah, that's what oh, you're right. really like. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. It's so mean. See, I'm but right. I get it. See? It's, yeah. yeah. Every, everyone projects, which I, I understand. I thought that was interesting. I was reading, um, this was a couple weeks ago, but I, I remembered it this morning. Uh, every once in a while, I get a lot of book recommendations. and I'll, Sometimes I'll check them out. It just kind of depends what I'm doing that moment that I read the DM. If I read the DM, you know, somebody, um, I think I might have been talking to a comedian who told me about this book, possibly, called Becoming the One. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I read it. It was, the, oh, my God, the audiobook. The girl's voice is so soothing. It's incredible. But one of the things she said Wait, was... Wait, what is Becoming the One about? Um, here, let me read I, I'm familiar with calling in the one, but I don't being know... You're being like being there for yourself before you can be in a partnership. So like becoming, becoming the one oh. for yourself? Okay. Um, I need yeah. to not read uh, that heal, I need to unread that book. Yeah. He, yeah. Heal your past, transform your relationship patterns, and come home to yourself. Okay. By Shale- Shalina... I, I'm going to spell it because I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I want to make sure... Uh, S-H-E-L-E-A-N-A. And then the last name is A. I Y A N A, uh, founder of Rising mm-hmm. Woman. Okay. There. Anyways, there's this one. There's this one thing that I heard in the audiobook that's like, just because you're attracted to somebody doesn't mean you have to act on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Because when you're not really <laughs> like every tr- married guy I've ever run across, right? But like, I think because the reason why I'm like, wait, yeah, you do, <laughs> is because I, it's so rare that I'm like, who are you? But she explains like you can be sexual, like very strongly sexually attracted to somebody because you're trying to work out a toxic parent thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely been there. Definitely been there. Um, But that can fuel a sexual attraction, which to me, I'm like, I guess logically I understand that. But when I'm in the moment and I feel the pull towards somebody that then again, it doesn't happen that often. I follow it Hmm. because your girl loves fun and there's nothing more fun than trying to get a crush to make out with you. And um Man, oh man, that just, I just, I, it stopped me in my tracks and then I laughed at myself. So I'm like, yeah, you really don't just because you're, tra- I, w- the reason why that line also t- took me by surprise is because the second I feel the feelings of like, ooh, like this guy, mm, I, I want to know more about him. I just go, I dart towards him. And um, you don't have to always do that, turns out. You can like sit back and go, why am I attracted to this person? Is it healthy? Is it a good idea? You know? Well, it's, it's often funny because like for this show, obviously, you know, it's kind of known that we pursue partners based on, you know, our parents or things in our childhood. Mm-hmm. And then I go to myself, why do I always like drug addicts? Right. My parents Maybe, aren't mm-hmm. drug addicts. And then I was yeah. like, I think I was ta- I was talking to my friend and I think some of it and I was trying to work this out in like joke in jokes on stage. But like and I have a little bit. I think some of it is like what we've talked about. I have no idea how to like read 
people who are bad if they say they're good because mm. I was around so many good people growing who up the, who told the truth. So if people act like they're good and tell me things why would I not believe them? Because right. I wasn't lied to as a child. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly and it. And then it turns out those are the worst people who lie about being good. Yeah. But do you well, think yes. though sometimes when people, because I lie about being good and I wasn't trying to deceive anybody. I just really like didn't want to face, I was. I thought that if I allowed myself, like I think subconsciously, to realize I wasn't doing good, I thought I was going to like die or fall apart, which is obviously not true, but... But you're not a bad person. You're not person. a bad person. Like damaged and bad are different things. That's true, that's true, that's true. That's true. You don't like actively Right, because I've dated right, people right, right, right. who not are like pure As, evil. Right, that's... I would Just agree. one though, right? At least one that we know of. <laughs> Do you think more than one pure evil? Wow. Pure evil. Uh, I've probably had sex with people who are pure. Oh, I had actually, one. I had one. Uh, yes, my yes. first boyfriend. Uh, I've had sex with two of the most evil people I know. Whoa, <laughs> that's a clip. <laughs> oh, well, you know. So I think it's because I like um, hard workers and people who have independent <laughs> personalities. And Which so evil people tend to have. Both of those evil people reminded me a lot of myself, but it's like you can, ch- you know, it's like Robert Frost. You can, ch- it's the, the diverging. Yeah, roads. the two roads diverged <laughs> in the woods. And I went, wait, to, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? So, like, it's, a poem. it's like, it's right. Path, I, know the, I know the poem. The but. Path, so, it's like, okay, so we're, you know, we both come into this realm on the same path, but then when the roads diverge, ah. I went down the path of like ethics and they went down the path, path of, of leaving destruction in their wake. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is a, unfortunately popular path these days. Um, got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, you know, there's something about it because it's just like, well, most people just go down like the other path, which is like being average. And yeah, I think even like when when faced with this, I'd probably still pick the evil person over the average person because I probably would too. I don't want to be it's bored. Me either. I hate being bored. But it was I think I Love had a an unique experience in that I had parents who were good people, but they aren't boring. Right. That is that honestly is a unique experience. They're I was not talking, boring at all. I was in talking this to somebody for sure. Yeah. I was talking to somebody who had parents who were like intellectuals, like one was a professor and, one, and I'm like, oh, your parents like bestowed their knowledge of literature and poets onto you like i couldn't imagine that what my dad reads books by rush limbaugh (laughs) yeah my mom will talk about like literary theory and stuff and foreshadowing in regular life but like i don't yeah my my, yeah my parents are are interesting and that's yeah also have a a really fucked up sense of humor but they themselves are not fucked up i mean of course like everyone has like little like everyday kinds of things but i'm talking about like not heavy yeah burdeny things right 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 yeah that'll do it again your good childhood's cursing you in your in your in your adulthood oh sucks how that happens I'm it's sorry. just weird it i don't need odd. to you know I'm not, I'm not trying to like flip it so like i i'm the victim now i'm not at all <laughs> no, i'm not interested in that it's just no corinne i'm the victim yeah it's <laughs> just, just like a constant like i'm just trying i'm just really trying to figure like li- logically figure it figure it out yeah 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 that's yeah, yeah. all well and how, how are you do you have anything else you want to no just thanks so about? much to everyone who came out in cleveland yeah. i it's been i mean it's i don't know if ever in my career have i gone on stage with really 
you know, very minimal material. I mean, obviously I've been working on stuff in New York, so like it's all new and then working out the rest and like just doing a full hour of new stuff. And I feel like this is like the first time in my career where I'm really like, it's not 50 minutes, it's not 45 minutes, it's a full fucking hour of new jokes and new material and stuff. And that is a lot of work and it's also a lot of tinkering, anxiety inducing. And so I appreciate how patient and open to things both Pittsburgh and Cleveland were. I know Cleveland, you were on a five-year drunk driving probation. Um, you <laughs> are they, back. You yes. guys are Congrats, back. Cleveland. You won. Congrats. You won me back. You did it. Amazing. I, I said. So, I told some fucked up jokes this weekend. Nice. Too. Ohio. I feel like. Yeah, and then you anytime they groaned, I go, I go. If there's a state that invented calling other people a pussy, it's Ohio. Yes. So correct. don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> And then I and then it was funny because any audience that had a lot of people that were like walk in men, not people who like who bought tickets to see <laughs> me. I had these long conversations with the audience about what the fuck is wrong with men from Ohio. And I said, I do consider myself out? to be an expert in this area. I've had two serious boyfriends from Ohio, both Chad, I'm not diagnosing, but um, an unofficial assessment would say mentally ill beyond belief. <laughs> There is no hope for you or your future. Damaged in a way that I need to hear the origin story of this X-Man. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried to ask the men of... I Like, all the women of Ohio knew what I was talking uh, about. It's nice to have a solidarity. And then, obviously, all the men in Ohio what were like... Mean? Uh, you know? What do you mean? We're great. Yeah. Really? Seriously? Because sometimes shitty guys know they're shitty. No, there was a silence that said I should have brought that gun to this show. Uh, <laughs> I see. And it was palpable. <laughs> Mike loves- When a man wants to pull the trigger and he can't. Mm. Yeah. You just hear wow, Mike. You just hear in people's minds like click. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I said, you're going to, you're going to be such a great television character. Oh man, I can't wait. (laughs) But I said, well, I, well, I actually was working on a joke about that where I, where I was like, yeah, you know, Christine and I are working on a television show and no one applauded. Well, Fox, no, they did. They applauded. And like Fox knows the show is about me and Christina who they're also having the meetings with. And like, Yeah. yeah, they talked to us. I got notes back on the character of Corinne <laughs> and it was just like she's an intolerable cold-hearted bitch yeah and I go guys you know like we all know this is about me the it's a character comedy. even has my name uh-huh <laughs> and it's played by you yeah yeah thinly veiled so yeah. just feels like in not even gotta lean in strongly to any one particular trait just like exist yeah they just go you know, they, they, were, they were like unlikable um <laughs> overbearing <laughs> <laughs> oh god we had a fun time yeah it's good mm. you know who's fun our guest yeah yeah uh, i'm so excited for you guys to hear that she's an la-based stand-up comedian who could be seen in the jackass forever movie the first female cast member of the jackass franchise very fucking cool ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the show rachel, rachel wolfson, wolfson. Oh, Hold me with your hands Both feet on 
play nice if you play nice. Don't count on me otherwise. How much longer till you close? Just a couple miles We're still here. Rachel Wolfson's also here. Yeah. Here. My microphone levels went away, but you know what? Are we good? We're great. Great. <laughs> Mike's on the verge of a nervous breakdown, yeah. so I think we just have to record. And even if this is just like an <laughs> the hour, last time we see Mike, yeah. Even if we just like dick around for an hour and then tell and Mike then, that it's fine, yeah. <laughs> we just get to know each Poor other. Poor Mike is going to have such a great time with his therapist this yeah. week. Like, yeah. what a You'll session! Have a lot to talk about so much. That therapist will get his hundred buck twenty <laughs> worth a hundred percent. Yes. How have you? How are you? I'm great. I'm glistening. I'm glowing. Yeah, you're glowing. Uh, it might be because our podcast studio is a sauna, but also New York City is a sauna at the mm-hmm. moment, um, which is fun. I love wearing a dress with no underwear and natural deodorant. Just all the smells. Just <laughs> let it hang out. Yeah. Um, you were in, you were a part of the Jackass crew. I was. You're, And you still are, right? Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like once you're like in it, are you in it for life? It's like, it's like a, it's like a family, you know, or a gang. I mean, not a gang, I would say a gang. gang, but. gang, gang. <laughs> It's or like a mafia, I guess. That's okay. really cool. That sounds fun. Very Jersey. Yeah, very Jersey. So what's the story? How did you get involved with Jackass? Were you like just doing like pranks on the street and they pulled you up or obviously you're a comedian? Yes. So. Uh, no, I, I really I wasn't doing any of the prank stuff, although like I, I love pranks. I, I fell in love, love with pranks. pranking and, you know, I was I was also a Jackass fan growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I think I was like 15 when it came out. So uh, for me, I was I started in stand up in 2016 and uh, I think I did a show at the Laugh Factory probably around like 2017 2018 I had a good clip um one of my jokes my OJ joke got a bunch of views I got you know tons of followers a lot of the bigger comedians started following me showing me love and um it was around that time I noticed that Knoxville was one of the um bigger people started following me Ooh, and nice. liking you know, the content I was putting up, which were jokes and, you know, I put up clips and a lot of my one liners are very much jackass humor, cum jokes, butt stuff, you know, the good, all the good stuff, you know, the ones and twos. And, uh, and so he slid into my DMS one day and, and, uh, the message was like, Hey, uh, what's your number? I want to call you and ask you about something to see if you're interested in it. And That's a good DM. Did you yeah. think he was trying to fuck you? Um, no, because were you the hoping message, he's trying to fuck you? No, because you <laughs> want to know why the message was like at a three p.m. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's it, not it, a it fuck fuck time. time, and that's technical. That's too. like a night. That's like a work time. It was a professional time. Yeah, good yeah. on you, Johnny it's all, Yeah, it's yeah. all about the timing. Yeah, you know? I love a story of a man contacting a woman, and it's not for the interests of his dick. It's true. Yeah. So, so I, 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 you know, I get him. I gave him my number, and he calls me, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to come in for a meeting with me and Jeff Tremaine because we're working on the 20th anniversary of Jackass, like a anniversary special?" That's how he told me, and I was like, "Yes." I was hoping it was Jackass, whatever he was saying, um, but he he just made it seem like it was just some kind of special. And so I went in for the meeting like a week later and it was like a five minute meeting. Like it took longer to get there than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we're also the three of us were bad at meetings. We all have ADHD. We're just Perfect. like, they just like laid it out. They're like, Hey, we're shooting Jackass for 
the movie, would you want to come play with us kind of thing? Like, that's how they laid it out. What an invite. And I wow. was like, uh, like, I, could, I still to this day, I'm like, did that really happen? Yeah, that's like an amazing Hollywood story. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's like a modern day. And and then um, so that was this was like spring of 2019. Mm-hmm. And they made it seem like, OK, we'd start shooting possibly that summer like and then fall like October so for me I was like okay well I didn't know what they wanted me for right because jackass involves like stapling cable bills to your tits Mm. like there's a lot of yeah like swallowing goldfish you know all all of these things that I'm willing to do (laughs) (laughs) you were willing to staple I was just hoping like maybe it wouldn't be that specific stunt per se right um but you know so I'm a writer in a sense of like I enjoy writing it's what I'm good at you know it's what I've been you know, practicing, I think, the longest. Um, performance is something that's second. It, it comes second, and it's something I really want to get good at. Um, so I was just like, let me come. I would love to come p- contribute to the writer's room, you know, I don't know, whatever. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, you're actually, mm-hmm. we like want you to star in the yeah. movie. <laughs> and, but, and so, and so, uh, so it kept getting pushed back. I ended up coming to New York. Um, I ended up d- starting to date Matt. Mm-hmm. So this is all happening. The guy who I, dropped you off. The guy who dropped me off. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he walked in. I'm like, who the fuck is this yeah, guy? It's my it's my insecurity. <laughs> he's skinny. No, I'm just kidding. He's great. Um, no, that's he that's my boyfriend. Sweet. He's he's amazing. Love and, a boyfriend with a Lannis Morissette t-shirt. Mm-hmm, yeah, we stand. And um, <laughs> and so so all, this was in 2019. At this point, I'm going through a breakup. Um, you know, that's got to help the breakup. Oh, man. When I got that jackass. DM, I was wow. like, wow, <laughs> break up who? I don't I, even care. I remember anymore. when I got the DM, too, because I was bumming about this this relationship um, and I'm laying face down in my bed. It's like sunny as hell out, you know, just L.A. And I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm, you know, 30 something years old. I'm in stand up. You know, I'm just like, you know, your typical thoughts that we all go through at certain points, Reassessing. And, you know, and and um and so when that happened, like I had so much going, so many, so many things happening all at once. And Matt, from the beginning, my boyfriend has been very supportive because when we started dating, I opened up to him that I'm having these conversations with like Johnny Knoxville to work. And I'm like, how do you feel about that? And again, also, I didn't have any, like my mom and him were just like, oh, I hope they don't want to see your butthole. You know, <laughs> I was going to I was going to say, why did you ask him how he felt about it? No, it wasn't like I asked him. I okay. never it's more like it's more like. I wondered how how he would handle it because either way, I'm this is what I'm doing. Yeah, you right. either are supporting me because I've had boyfriends in the past who haven't supported. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, so you wanted to make sure that, that didn't happen again, right? And it and so, um, so yeah, he was completely supportive of the whole thing, and um, so yeah, when I went in, you know, I I went in uh for that meeting, and then first day on set, there was a test shoot in December because it ended up getting really really pushed back, um. So December of 2019 is the first day. Oh, my God. It's right before the pandemic. Yes. So we <laughs> shot – I shot one uh, two days and then it it shut down in March. But on the first day, by the way, I'm – this is my first day on set. I, I'm so – you know, I'm so, like, overstimulated. It's not even just – I'm just, like, it's so surreal – yeah, yeah, I mean, and you had never been in a movie before. No, I yeah, mean yeah. this is my first. Ma- uh, so it's your first movie. Major it's motion a huge, picture. I'm working yeah. with Spike Jones in yeah. my first movie. Yeah, like, that's pretty incredible. No, where do you come? Where do you go from? Yeah, you can't go back from that. Yeah. and and you know, I I just remember thinking like, oh, I just I just hope I 
I just hope I am what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is who I am just this is who I am. Yeah. Did obviously, you- they kind of knew like like I think just like based on the five minute meeting, they had been tracking you for a oh, long time. And just time. know like people watch us comedians. You know, I, I'm sure you guys have a lot of com- young comedians who listen and, and just anyone who's, you know, aspiring for anything. If you're putting yourself out there, there are people who are watching you and they watch you for years. They watch yeah, you yeah. because ultimately our success <laughs> is in our it's not I mean it sounds they creepy. The shit but this is this is the new gen. This is the new wave. Mm-hmm. This is how sure. it happens. It's not happening necessarily at the comedy club. You're waiting for an agent to walk in and see you. The agents are at home scrolling Instagram to find mm-hmm. the next funny comedian. Mm-hmm. Or Johnny Knoxville is looking for someone to put in his movie. I mean, yeah. this is this is how it happens. So um you know, I never started stand up to be in a movie. I started stand up because I, I fell in love with the craft and I just really wanted to get good at something because mm-hmm. I never really felt like I was good at anything. Yeah. So nothing. I was good at making people laugh. Yeah, there you go. But as a woman, that never seemed like a strength for me because we're taught to like sit Shut there the and look up. pretty. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And in L.A., I feel like, yeah, it's a lot of. It's a different if it's a different animal almost in L.A. Also, you know, I book a movie. I'm in my 30s and I remember I was trying to get a manager um, and this this manager was like, so what else have you done? And he was like, with that attitude, well, he goes, he goes well, he asked me, no, he, asked no, no, he asked me how old I was and then asked me what else. It's, I believe it's a, yeah, yeah, That's it's illegal. illegal. Yeah, they can't ask you how old you are. I don't yeah, think. right. A manager can't ask you how old. You are. Uh, I mean, it, I, 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 like, I listen. I don't, I don't know the difference between like law and like entertainment law sometimes because they're blurred. But like, that's definitely not an appropriate question. We just make so I mean, so listen, many fucking of, of all inappropriate of questions. I'm glad you totally. just asked me my age. Well, and the thing is, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times when you I sign am. with a, an uh, an agent or a manager, anyway, you have to give your ID. So even if mm. you like, lo- like, even if they're not allowed to ask the question, they're going to be able to find. And out I the get answer what anyway. he was getting at, but I was like, listen, dude, that that's an old trope. You're not the one for you're not my manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see me uh, whatever. Also, so. in stand up, you don't fucking age out of stand up. Right. But again, you know, it, it, when you're tra- and it's not like I'm Louis CK didn't get good at stand up until like very recently. There's so many comedians that Kathy didn't Griffin even start also, yeah. until their 40s and yeah. and there's just this, you know, but we are taught, you know, for so long that you have to be this age. It's so hard to do that. You know, it's just it, a lot of shit gets drilled into your head. And that's yeah. why I think like, did you grow up in L.A.? I'm from Vegas. Oh, oh born and wow. raised. Yeah. Born and raised in Vegas. How was that? Wild. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's just to think that I you raised children in that city. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it, but thank God you did. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. It's you come out a- unscathed? How do you know? I mean, I mean I'm mentally possible. unwell. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I mean, in you know, we're all but, mentally unwell from something. Right. I imagine growing up in Vegas has got to contribute. Yeah, I mean, it's environment and biological for sure, um, <laughs> for me at least. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think everything in my life has led me up to everything in my life. I, so you know, it, everything starts to make more sense as I get older. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as itself. much as things get more confusing, but as time you know unfolds, I I feel like. I understand certain things more. So. Yeah, which is nice. That's why I like it. That's like a part I love about getting older. Mm-hmm. It's like stuff doesn't feel as scary and unfamiliar because you're right. like, oh, okay, I kind of understand the rhythm right. of this shit. And like, here's why I went through that or that happened. Yeah, se. yeah, yeah. You get to see that hindsight's very valuable. Mm-hmm. What kind of stunts did you do for the jackass? Like did um, anything physically detrimental? I mean, the stunts that I did were very, were like I licked tasers. I, you know, so, so my role was, initially they wanted me to be like roasting the guys um which to me is 
um, it's not that I'm not a roaster. I mean, I'm a comedian. I can roast someone. But to come in and to this family uh, day one yeah. and, and just start make fun roasting of all. these men. <laughs> That's intimidating. I did actually have a joke on the first day on set. It's in 4.5. It's in the um, the, the where the uh, Preston, Lacey, and Zach are running and jumping across the guys. And me and Pontius are playing um, – uh, referees mm-hmm. and they asked me who I thought the winner was and I said well I think the real winner is diabetes <laughs> and it and spiked they they all started dying laughing and I think that's what Steve-O said that moment is what like secured yeah you know because I had the peanut gallery I was down anything they asked me to do I would like I came from a place of yes like I I trust these guys comedically they're geniuses they know what's funny they're not going to ask me to get naked I know that they're not going to ask me to do anything sexual because that's we're not at a you. place in a society where we're ready to laugh at women that way personally like I just think that for me to get naked and to do stuff like that I've yeah, never gotten naked totally I've never different. gotten naked in my life and no one has been like, ha ha, you know? Well, there's right. something that you're, that you're very, you're onto something because there's something about a hot woman getting naked that's never going to be f- funny. Never. It, well, never. the way society sexualizes women. Yeah. They sexualize me without get getting naked. Yeah. The, yeah. Do you know how many men have DM'd me when they're like, I have that, that, that picture of you licking the taser is my home screen. And I'm like, and <laughs> oh, I spit, great. Thanks for letting and me know. Yeah. And uh-huh. it's like, so I, I did the taser, you know, I did peanut gallery. I let. A scorpion bite me in the, multiple scorpions. Yeah, multiple you tasers on the lip, right? Uh, <gasps> yeah, scorpion Botox. What did that? Oh, mm, did that? Hurt? That was a fun it one. It did not feel good. Wow. Yeah, no, it was. There's not. something fun about enduring <laughs> physical pain that I, for mm-hmm. some reason, I, I, I feel like I would be so good at jackass because I really, yeah, I enjoy physical pain. For me, it's <laughs> it's like yesterday, um, a friend of mine asked me, "Would I rather would I rather go through emotional pain or physical pain?" And for me, I said physical pain oh yeah because you know you don't necessarily know where the emotional pain is coming from with the physical pain you're like oh i can take this medicine and you know or whatever yeah um as women we we have such a high pain tolerance yeah we are we hide our pain there's so much pain that we don't show our period pain our menstrual Uh pain you know all of that has taught me to to you know kind of just put a put a a strong face forward and that's I got a lot of feedback from my stunts that I didn't I barely flinched. Yeah. It's like I'm ha- in my mind I'm spinning yeah, like I'm I was screaming myself, in my head. <laughs> I'm I'm going through so much but I have learned, you know, you're at work and your cramps are going to make you pass out but you can't go home cuz you'll get fired. Mm-hmm. And you have bills to pay and yeah. you know your parents aren't going to send you any more money for the month. Like right. you, ha- you have to fight. Sorry guys, Rachel got her period. Yeah. You can't film. You no, can't fucking but- that'll the one day it would be nice to be in a world where like we can at least like talk about it mm-hmm. or like have I don't know something I get really but, bad ones. Like I I yeah. get debilitating. I had to go back on birth control because of it. Mm-hmm. Like I I probably, you know, will be on birth control for as long as possible. And even the first day on set, I had my period. I'm the only, obviously the only one, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was something that as, as a woman, I, I also enjoy physical pain yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's weird. It's something cause you're like, I can mind over matter. Like it, you can mm-hmm. overcome it and there's something, I don't know, something cathartic about it. I, I mean, maybe it's not the, I also, the, yeah, there's something also, there's the rush 
as a comedian, as you know, I have ADHD and depression and all kinds of, you know, it's there's a distraction from what's going on up here when yeah. you, it's almost like a release in a sense. And uh, yeah, so I, I found out that I do enjoy that and that uh, there is a line like there's funny women can get hurt. We can be funny. We can do stunts. There's a line. That's a societal thing. I'm not here to necessarily change anything in terms of like female nudity but right. I am here to well, be I like think just being in the film I was definitely groundbreaking and and I made me more excited to see the film yeah that a woman was in and mm-hmm. I was like why the fuck not yeah you know? the the I saw a movie with my girl we saw one of the jackass movies like six years ago with my girlfriends and we did a stunt I was like my name's Christina Hutchinson and this is mammogram slamogram and my friend just punched me in the tit and oh it my god so bad but we caught it on camera and then i fell into a bag of trash it was fucking oh, awesome did but you I'm bruise like, oh yeah 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 pictures uh, you should post it not of the bruise god it was so long ago like the quality of the video is so grainy but i i realized when we were filming that i'm like you never see women get hurt Mm-mm. for fun they don't enjoy still watching me get hurt there are th- certain things that they were like don't volunteer for this uh, there was one thing. Which what? What? What is an example of what um, they didn't want you to do? They didn't want me to volunteer for. Uh, I think it was the one where um, Zach go- like he didn't. They didn't want me to lie down in like the ramp where Zach. Oh, like goes over you? Yeah, like <laughs> like that. There, like um, just certain things. Like Jeff would be like, "Don't volunteer for this one. You're you're doing this or whatever." Yeah. Um, like there's a. There's a thing I do in the end of 4.5 in the credits. It's called Face Your Fears. Um, it's where it, Ryan Dunn did it, or they've they've done. You know, they like to pay homage to you know stunts that have been done to, from the OGs. And it's you. You're on your knees and you fall face forward. And if you if you put your chin up to the sky, you're just supposed to roll, right? Oh, and okay. so <laughs> you know, naturally Zach does it perfectly, and like a couple of the other guys go and they nail it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it because what's the worst thing I have? I'll hit my chin, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I did it. Well, you have tits. I, yeah. Well, but that's the thing is like, you're if if you're going <sighs> to do it right, you're not. You're supposed to like roll. So I, I wasn't necessarily okay. worried about that, but I was worried about my chin and I. I definitely hit my chin Damn. like you see it goes <laughs> but they all did it perfectly so me getting that's what save that's what saves the bit is like yeah. that somebody's got to fuck it up yeah so <laughs> so nice. you were there to fuck it up i mean but it, but that's but that's what they want to see yeah. they want to see you get hurt and yeah and they keep track the fans are like you only do this m- amount of stunts or it wasn't you know like y- you know the fans they want they want to see you get hurt because there's something funny in getting hurt. But to have a woman in it, it's like, where's the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I guess I'm I am like, OK, let's find the line. Yeah. What, what kind of insurance is going on on the set of Jackass? I mean, I don't know. I mean, good, <laughs> good insurance. Is your face insured? <laughs> like, I mean, I have like, a good face. I, well, yeah. that's the thing. That's so funny you say that because I do a lot of stuff with my face. But Jeff, the director, he wanted me to do the snake bit. Where a snake bites your face, mm-hmm. and I was down. Okay, but instead they had me do the taser bit and had poopies because they they don't want they don't want to permanently fuck up my face. I also, yeah. you know, like I, I'm a stand up comedian. Was the snake I'm not, poisonous? Um, it had it. I, it wasn't like I don't think it would like kill him. Okay, like I don't think I think it like <laughs> has venom, but it may know. not be like it may not be lethal. lethal. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I they know like I have a I'm a comedian. I have a stand up background like I'm not a stunt background I'm not right. one of these guys where I'm out here with like fake like gold teeth yeah of all the... 
So, you know, that's uh, that's where they went with that. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's fun. Yeah. What What's the most injured you've gotten? On Jackass? Yeah. Um, or, or in life, I mean. I mean, I, I definitely... I assume on Jackass broke, is the most injured, but... Uh, no, I've broken bones. I mean, I, okay. I was a basketball player, so... Um, I would, I, several years, I broke my, uh, ankle, my wrist. Um, but the most painful thing on Jackass was definitely the scorpion Botox and the scorpion they used. The scorpion they show is not the one that actually was the most painful. They used three different types of scorpions, but the one that they show you was the best shot. Mm. So, Uh, and they're, are they pinching you or are they stinging you with a tail? They are, they're pinching me and also stinging me with a stinger. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's not lethal. Obviously it's not lethal. Uh, it's not lethal, but it's... Did your lips get bigger? My lips, yeah. They, oh, that's it did, fun. It did, they got bigger, but they didn't get as... Car- they want cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and it, I just... They, I well, mean... I got bit by so many... Three different kinds of scorpions, three different kinds of venom, and they weren't... It wasn't... But you could see the venom pulsating yeah. in my lip. Whoa. Yeah, so that was cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a ton of medics standing by? They have. They have a medic. Um, and he offered me uh, Benadryl, and I was like, nah, let's see how big they get. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe it's a new beauty treatment. Yeah. Like, let's take these out for a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So then let's get into your relationships a little bit more. Yeah. So you grew up in Vegas, mm-hmm. but you said your your parents aren't performers. You said they're politicians. Yeah. They. Um, so why Vegas? Which is a performer, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Uh, true. Um, yeah. They... Um, what was the question? Like, why, so why were you like? It is a weird place to you yeah. know, choose to live, especially mm-hmm. to raise a family. So they why, both, why were so they? So my in Vegas? mom is from New York. My dad's from LA. Uh, they both ended up um, taking jobs in law in. Well, my mom took a job in radio and ended up becoming a TV news reporter in Las Vegas. Okay. My dad was a prosecutor, a young prosecutor in the prosecutor's office, and he would walk by my mom in the hallway at the court, and he would he said that. Um, he would see her on TV and he's like, I'm going to marry that woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love when that happens. Yeah, but you know. And things, it did. It did, it Are did. Are they still together? They are still together. Oh, that's fun. Um, I love stories like that because then I just think of how many times someone said, I'm going to marry that woman and I did not yeah. get married. Didn't even talk to her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really happened. Um, he's a go-getter. Mm-hmm. And so they, my mom ended up, um, but she ended up going away to law school and I think they did the long distance thing and um, and then they, she came back and they ended up eventually opening up a law firm together. So, um, I find it interesting. We look at the patterns of our relationships and it's like, here I am dating a comedian. Basically we're starting, we're on, we're in business together. We're oh, co-headlining, nice. you know, we're, we're doing shows together. It's like, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, you're emulating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a, in a weird way. So yeah, they, they really, um, they really built something together. Yeah. Wow. Um, were the, they, so that were they a good model for a relationship like, uh, like romantically or no? For career. Yes. For Do they not get along? They get along great. It's more just like they're not very affectionate uh, or emotion or emotion based people as they've gotten older, older, they are much better. But growing up, you know, I, I just didn't see they, they just weren't huggers. They weren't mm. kissers. Um, so I think for me, it just, I saw them in like, it, it was like very business. I yeah. don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like their their marriage was a business, more of a business. So, it, so it in terms of career, I mean, yeah, they've been great examples. Like I, you know, my mom made sure I started working when I was 15 and I was working in restaurants and I work in hospitality pretty much my whole life. Nice. I went to college. You know, I'm lucky that, you know, my parents supported me with that. Um, and, you know. I just was there a moment where you noticed that your parents weren't huggy and kissy because like you you kind of don't realize when you grow up like this is how everybody's parents are mm-hmm. right like you just you just kind of assume that I think um, um unless something's really awry but I like think, something like that could go under the radar possibly I was just a big tv kid so you know mm. tv's like romance is so played up and like yeah. how things should be and also you Sitcom know lives. like you see how your friends parents are and you know and and just you learn from from seeing how other people do things and I think that um you know they they love each other but they're they're very specific type of people (laughs) you know I don't know but you know as they as they got older they're so much more softer now I I think that it's easier for them to show more emotion just based off where they are in their life yeah for sure so So I feel like when you the older you get the more you realize like oh love is really important Mm -hmm. well and also men get more estrogen so it's just biology breaking them down slowly I think my dad is like filling up with estrogen just buckets yeah that's what older guys like sometimes they can be more like personal and emotional he'll just call me and be like I just called to talk and I'm like oh you never did that before but I'm like I'm so yeah and and I love it because nice yeah you know it's 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 yeah, it's a nice new stage of our relationship that I at one point never thought would ever happen. Oh, so, that's yeah. nice. That's lovely. Yeah. So do you, you feel like you didn't have like because your parents weren't very emotional with each other that they weren't very emotional with you? And I don't know if you had any siblings. or I have a younger sister. Um, I had a lot of emotional problems as a kid. I, you know, I, I was diagnosed bipolar when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I was put on Ritalin when I was five for ADHD. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. Um, so I'm very much part of the medication generation. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that suppresses emotion because as a kid being raised by two parents who don't show a lot of emotion, especially with the jobs that they have, my dad and mom were both criminal defense attorneys. That's ah. a law firm they opened up together. And my mom was, you know, at a, at a time when a lot, not a lot of women were becoming criminal defense attorneys. Sure. And so she is taught to like, you know, be as almost more man than manly, tough enough, masculine yeah. mm-hmm. and less emotional. And so, you know, I was a very emotional kid. I just did not know where to put the emotion. And and they um, didn't guide you with that because they no, really- they were lost. I was the first born. Uh, they never dealt with anything like that. And I think that they they tried to do the best they could, but that affected them in different ways. I think it probably affected their relationship. Mm. You know, it was very difficult because, yeah, I just I I had a rough time emotionally as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how did you start to like work work through that as you got older? Um. Well, I mean, I was in therapy as a kid. You know, I I was just. I was dark. Like I was a seven-year-old. I wrote a suicide note at seven. Like I, yeah. why, th- why is it that at seven that I don't want to live? Like what is mm. that? You know. And, and how did how did the people in your life respond to a seven-year-old writing a suicide note? My mom took me to therapy. I, I mean, I, at yeah. this point, I had been on Adderall for two years. That mm. might have contributed. Oh, Ritalin, that young, you know. And yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. That's a lot of medication in your system. And like again, like I'm going to school, and as young as girls, it's less rare, I think, for it to be diagnosed younger. 
it's more of a, a boys get diagnosed with ADHD yeah, younger, yep. and I'm seeing a lot of women ADHD and autism as an women adult get diagnosed way late. I was diagnosed with autism too, and I've had second and third opinions, and some say yes, some say no. I don't know. It's a spectrum. Yeah, it's a, who knows what I am? I right. just know that um, I am part of you know a, a group of people, and I think we all all of us have mental health. At oh, some yeah. point, you're gonna need help. Yeah. If, if you don't need mental health help, then I don't think you're human. I just we're yeah. not equipped with everything that happens in our modern world, especially with, you know. And and when you're an emotional child who has parents that either don't have time for you, don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's a form of abandonment that like, you know, you have to work past. But like, right. that's real. That's fucking real yeah. shit. So again, we were talking about relationships. All of this manifested into my dating life because, you know, again, like my mental health journey wasn't just solved at five or seven or 12. My hormones are coming in, like Mm -hmm. my environment, you know, what's really going on here? And I think like even still now is I'm 35, I'm, I'm still unpacking that, the trauma that comes with that, you know, um, and, just, and refilling those kind of voids for the younger version of yourself. Because mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, talk therapy only gets you so far. You know, it's not like you can go to your, it's not like if going to your parents and getting an apology actually helped, we would yeah. all be fucking cured oh, more no, I, than not. Like, I don't care about the apology. Right, I'm exactly. just like, let's get my mind right. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, it's, and it can be like overwhelming and scary to, first of all, like realize that it's not right in the first place. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. you need like at least one foot on the ground. Right. So how, so have you been, do you feel more grounded as you get older? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I mean, I very much struggle with my depression on a constant basis. And I'm, I'm right. I've been off medication for, uh, since I was 26 or 27. So it's, it's been, uh, less than 10 years. I definitely, uh, medicate with weed. You know, yeah. I self-medicate. Um, Same. <laughs> I, I And I exercise and I go to therapy um, and I have a supportive boyfriend. Like I. Oh, very helpful. And so what was it? Was there a, a reason why you went off the depression medication? Yeah, it did not make me feel good. I, you just I felt just, like lethargic or. I, I just it felt like cloudy up there. Mm. And it, it just mm. it felt. Yeah, because some people say that when they take the medication, it's like a cloud is lifted and yeah. finally they can see straight. But you felt like no. There was I. I've tried so many medications. I mean, anytime anyone tells me, I'm like, yeah, I tried that. Yeah, I tried that. And I'm also I was so young, my brain wasn't even fully developed. Right. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm an advocate for medicine. I'm an advocate for find what works for you. I'm not yeah. going to be like, oh, just smoke weed about it because I think there are definitely people who need medication if it's the right medication. But I also think that there is a there is uh, some of us who might have gotten taken advantage by the pharmaceutical industry yeah and drug, our parents the prescribing happy people yeah. yeah or yeah and if parents are just like give her a pill please mm-hmm. and it's like well that's not always that's not a one-size-fits-all solution yeah i don't think necessarily medication is 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 the approach i mean like it's it's a massive level like a lot of kids are having problems like what's going on at the schools you know what are we what are we doing yeah you know? and i think a lot of people's mental health problems is just stemming from like i didn't get the love i needed as a mm-hmm. kid and so it's just a matter of figuring out like okay how do i supplement that right. for myself from me to me right now 
Right. And that, and that's the other thing. It's not just like the schools. It's like what's also going on at home because I don't want to place the blame necessarily on the teachers because it's not that. But it's like I think we're failing kids and you can start to see it very much like we didn't grow up the way our parents did. Like our parents, you know, and they're for a lot of them. I mean, some of them, they had that like 50s and 60s like harshness like that. But also it just it, it just like they didn't necessarily have the problems. They were getting like beat by their parents there was like they were more like obedient there wasn't room to like they weren't being medicated like we were yeah because yeah i think they just were disciplined differently yeah and they and i just think yeah i got a stick we got a pill yeah something (laughs) but yeah it's 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 just wild and so yeah i mean um i don't know i i try to work at it i try to just get better yeah and be better because it's 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 not a destination. It's a it's a journey. It's the journey. Yeah. But it is true. How so the the relationship you're in now, how long have you been with your current boyfriend? 3 years, yeah. Oh, nice. That's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And how is it going? Like how do you how do you introduce your mental health issues when you enter a relationship? I imagine it's mm. different with every person. Yeah. I was straight up honest with him on our first date that I was mentally ill. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you said it that way? First I mean, day, I huh? just was like It's I, easy when it's a comedian, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, you know, we Met at a time he was very close with Brody. Uh, Brody had passed away. Oh, Brody had, yeah. you know, struggled with mental health, and um, I know that was something that really affected Matt. Yeah. And for me, um, I have had issues in the past where how do I tell someone that I I have mental illness, like, or that you know I I'm I have this, or you know this is what you deal with, yeah. right? is it are you still sexy after that like is this a uh, yeah you know, no means- I've I've had I, I've had a boyfriend where um you know he knew I don't remember what he knew but there was a point where he noticed that there was something off mm-hmm. with, with you us oh. and me in a sense of the way I reacted to things and just you know you get to know someone he wasn't perfect either but um we met up with one of his family members and she was like, oh, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I was I my doctor recently told me about that, too, because that was the last diagnosis. I've this is the latest diagnosis as an adult that I've received. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, they thought it was bipolar this and I've gotten second opinions. And the latest is, yeah, they call it borderline. They're looking to rename it because uh, it, the way it sounds is not appropriate to um you know, it's like a motion regulation something. Like yeah. they're trying to rebrand it. Okay. <laughs> so well, and, and borderlines are also one of those terms like narcissism that gets probably thrown around a lot yeah. more and is less understood. Mm-hmm. So on on uh, you know, so so when this family member opened up to me in front of my ex, um, and I was like, oh my god, that's yes, you know, we're connecting. Yeah. He was so upset he felt like i had betrayed him like he was dating this other person that he you know Uh, so he made it about him oh yeah and it just it it was really horrible it's especially as someone with what i was going with with what i grow through that's the the last thing the notion of borderline personality Mm. is like fear of abandonment and stuff right and that's like he's basically using a Mm -hmm. diagnosis like that very sensitive information against you yeah so that was something you know that's i've had situations like that where it's like, listen, you know, if someone's going to like me or is interested in me, then I just need to put it out there because this is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. And I don't ever want to tr- feel like I'm trapping someone sure. or, or that I'm or that I've like or that I've got you them. Mm-hmm. I'm very, um, 
I'm I'm tr- I I'm very much on top of trying to get on top of this part yeah, of my yeah. life. Yeah. So um so on our first date, I was like, yeah, I've I have borderline. And he has a whole joke about how he was like, well, I have a boner. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it was kind of he he loved, you know, he loves me and he 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 loves me. I'm not the borderline. Yeah, it's a facet. And also, too, I feel like stuff like borderline personality and bipolar disorder, a lot of times it feels like I've done a lot of research on like childhood trauma and stuff. Mm -hmm. Feels like these are trauma responses. And like the 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 craziest shit can fucking traumatize a child. Mm -hmm. So it's like we just have to get used to this notion that human children are very sensitive. Yeah. And, and a I was lot a of personality child. disorders can be yeah. defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. um, which makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Something like fear of abandonment, which is like a, a key to one, one of the one of the foundations of, of borderline. Like it would make sense that that would be a response to not getting the love that that particular child needed in that mm-hmm. way. Like it's, you know. Yeah. So as I get older and I, I start to find these things out about me and you know, I get good information. Um, it all makes sense. Yeah. You know, so um, and especially, you know, there, there's that saying, if you line up your ex-boyfriends, you can see your mental health history. Ah, <laughs> and it's so true. That kicks me in the cunt. It wow. really yeah. is true. <laughs> I never heard that. I love that. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Oh, can you boy. speak a little bit more about because I know, I, you know, kind of like the rebranding of borderline, um, mm-hmm. you know, and what what it actually means. So I have emotion dysregulation Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to emotions. Um, I have a hard time managing them, but a a lot of it is stemmed from fear of abandonment, rejection. uh, And a lot of that is what is from what I experienced as a child. Okay. And, and she's right. Like this is, um, this is just learned responses from, from thing, from, from things that you go through. And they say it happens with a lot of working moms mm-hmm. who Damn. aren't at home with the kid like both of my mm. parents worked right so i was left at home with someone who may not have been qualified to watch children right oh, Jesus. you know yeah or, yeah and, and you know it, it's not like i i don't know i i think that yeah it, it it definitely as i get older it's like oh okay this is because of that and how and, do you mm. like how do you when you, you have, so you've been in with your boyfriend for three years mm-hmm. The thing I the thing that's so interesting to me about like borderline and and bipolar and even like PMS to be honest like all of these things that can affect a woman's mood mm-hmm. like when you're getting into a fight with your boyfriend like like have you ever had these moments of like is this a personality disorder thing on my end or are these my actual feelings he will be like this is a borderline thing he is, is he right he no no he ha, Matt has taken it upon himself to educate himself even more oh, than nice. me he would sit here and have a full on hour conversation with you about borderline on stuff that I don't even know because for me it's hard sometimes it's hard for me to to learn about this stuff because it's 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 you know so personal and and, yeah. and it's it's sad yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know because when you realize oh this is because of something I probably went through as a child. Yeah, and you get sad for the little mm-hmm. Rachel, like yeah. the little seven-year-old or six-year-old yeah. <laughs> you. Like, oh, that baby girl. That, like, I know. Oh. And it, it is emotional. So it, it, it's hard sometimes for me to, uh, you know, get so into it. But mm. as someone who has, has to date me, <laughs> you know, he's he's had to educate himself. And who wants to date you? He loves me. He loves yeah. me. I love him. You know, and everyone who's in my life tells Matt that he's, he's the guy for me. He's the uh-huh. perfect person for me i've never dated anyone like him that's lovely um and so yeah it's yeah he he 
he really, you have, if you're, if you are borderline, you know, cause it does affect your relationships. And, you know, when we get into arguments or I, cause I have a, it's an identity thing too. Sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, I, you know, I have a, a hard time realizing who I am. Mm. Yeah. And, and, yep. or, or like, you know, cause some days I'm like, I, I say the worst things to myself yeah. and, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's good. I have someone there who's so educated to be like, this is your borderline acting up. Yeah. And even then, it's hard for me to believe him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you really it's, have it's to put just, your trust in him. Yeah, so it's 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 not fun, you guys. But yeah, it's a journey, and it's um, a constant like mental gymnastics. Totally, totally. And but I feel very lucky because I have a good support system. Comedy has been so good for me, and also terrible for my mental health. But <laughs> but also good because for, yeah. <laughs> it's been validating for me in a lot of ways that. You know, I am, I belong here. I have a place, yeah. you know, somewhere here. Yeah, that's incredible. So, and you've carved out a fucking, you've carved out a place for yourself. You worked for that. I'm trying. Yeah, Thank that's you. great. Yeah. Um, uh, you, okay, so we, we wanted to talk a little bit about like, you know, I, I, I kind of have this theory that everyone has a superpower when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. My superpower is breakups. What would you say your superpower is? Empathy empathy and then you, I asked you what yours is and you said uh, maintaining friendships with exes well I wouldn't say okay so I wouldn't say it's a superpower because I am when you say when you ask me it's I was I was um, <laughs> when you asked me that question Matt and I were at my ex-boyfriend's parents place oh, wow. in Vermont wow. functional as shit okay. what that's great so, was your ex-boyfriend there he was there wow. with his wow. with his uh with his uh, the mother of his child okay. his girl his wife future babe, future wife yeah who Her i love baby mama who i love and his newborn son that's beautiful mm-hmm. wow and he was my first love jeremy uh at 19 mm-hmm. we dated we dated in college and and this was the thing and here's the context because i think matt was dreading you know me telling this but i'm like there's so <laughs> much when you tell the context and i think when you kind yeah. of get to know me and and realize like oh this is this is how this is able to be uh so yeah i mean i i, I got sent away when i was 17 to utah to a lockdown so i was there for my senior year of high school whoa yeah Wait, what's like, that? Like one of those things mm-hmm. at the Paris Hilton yeah, schools? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, mm-hmm. oh my sucks. God. So I was there for 13 months. Oh. And then I graduate and I get accepted into this school in Vermont, which is a small liberal arts school, but you have to have like a learning disability to go there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I have several. Okay. <laughs> nice. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, check, perfect. Check, yeah. Check. <laughs> I was like, which one? Um, and so, um, through that, I was able to go to college because I just didn't have the grades in high school because I just didn't learn the way everyone else did. I'm I'm just not like every you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to you know I, I'm at college and I meet my first boyfriend and his mother worked in the bookstore of the college and so she was just like this mother figure. I mean, mm. students would just go to her they were she was she had a met she's a magnetic force to her she loves kids and jeremy's her only son and uh we jeremy and i class together and and we start dating and i remember he brings me to inter- introduce me to her and i go over to their house for dinner mind you i'm a vegas girl moving to vermont i don't know anyone i've never even heard of vermont what is it <laughs> and here i am i meet trees. a local I, I meet a local boy yeah and i i have a home to go to and a 
I don't have a, to stay a loving, on campus. Maternal figure with, with the weirdos emotions. Right. That's got to be new. And here I am coming from this place in Utah for a year, and plus mm-hmm. the the place that you know the the home that I came from, and 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 here I am meeting this woman who just embraces me. And and I've had exes, you know, I've had one ex who just his their mom didn't like me, but it was more of a projection thing. It yeah, had nothing yeah. to do with me, you know? And that's not a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. And so I've always been kind of, I always wanted the, the parents to like me. And so um, she just embraced me and just made me feel normal. And I told her everything about all the medications and the stuff. And his parents were like, you don't need that shit. Like you're, you're great. You know, like, you know, they've just made, made humanized me. And they place an importance on how you felt about mm-hmm. things, which is really nice. Yes. And they, you know, I learned so much from this woman, Kim. She taught me how to cook. You know, oh. I, I just, she's such an important person in my life. And sorry, I get so emotional about it. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> no, it. that makes a lot of sense. That's a huge impact for a woman that your mother's age to be. Like, I'll, I'll, I have two women in my life that are around my mother's age that mother me in a way that I'll never be able to repay them. So. I just got so close to his parents yeah. and, um, you know, Jeremy and I, I was never the love of his life and that's okay. And he was my first love and, you know, that relationship was beautiful and horrible and necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even after our relationship ended, she still wanted to maintain a relationship with me and, mm-hmm. and his dad. And that means a lot. That was really hard on him. On Jeremy. Oh, it was hard on him. Interesting. And you know, did he break up with you? Did you break yes. up with him? We, oh, we, okay. we, he did. He, Got you it. know, he. I was not the love of his life. Right? right. I was, you know, and he's not wasn't necessarily mine, but he was my first love, and um, you know, and it, it just, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. But mm-hmm. you know, you're young and and you need a first love. It teaches yeah, you so much. Yeah. So, so. I didn't just have a first love. I had this family. Yeah. You had a first maternal mm-hmm. sense of love yes. too. So um, they took such good care of me. I lived with them. I didn't have to live on campus. Like I, I learned so much from them. And so Jeremy, you know, he had a hard time with this respectfully. I get it. I, 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 I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I would be very upset with my parents. And so I, did you have a bad breakup though? I had a, breakup where this person didn't want me in his life like he didn't mm. want he didn't yeah. want to maintain yeah. anything Con- with me contact. also he's 19 he wants to go out right. and live his life right. like did he live with his parents at that time he did oh, okay yeah yeah so and yeah, so yeah. i ended up you know moving out um and moving in with a friend who's also a mother figure these two women who are very important oh, to me great. they're both in vermont and i both got to, i got vermont to see both the of win, them baby i got <laughs> to see both of them this weekend and so you know, there was a there were very many years where, you know, Jeremy started or he started a relationship with someone. Um, and so he he blocked me on social media, which is understandable. And I, you know, I obviously I let it go, but I still talked to his mom like I didn't I never asked about her son. Like it was kind of an understanding where, yeah. you know, we have our own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, also with Jeremy, it's like, cool, our relationship's over, but. The real love that I found is with your mom. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so, you know, I think there there was, you know, I think 
he pre- maybe came to terms with it and just kind of accepted it because it was like I wasn't trying to be in his life anymore. Like I really just at this point was was just you know grateful that these people wanted to maintain a connection with me and uh-huh. and I only wished him the best and I had love for him and also understood that he's you know we're at this point we're so young like yeah. we're 19. Yeah. So as time goes on, you know, him and him and this girl they break up and I see that he either sent me a friend request or he popped up as like a like a recommendation to so like unblock you. Yeah, obviously. so he he took the necessary step to unblock me and we end up reconnecting um Did you date again? We briefly dated again in in college, but again, it just, you know. You're like, oh, yeah, this is why we didn't yeah, work. We tried it. It makes sense to try, though. And when well, you have I, such a bond with me, a, a I was just parents. like, how could I not try? Because I, I would never normally – I don't – I'm not a go-backsies. Like, yeah, yeah. Neither, neither – none you. of my yeah. exes want to go back. We don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was the only one that was It does feel like, like you're reversing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we tried to rekindle things. And again, it just – it wasn't meant to be, and I was okay with that. And yeah. like, we, he uh, he was at this point, he knows that like I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like yeah. A grossly like a sister to him in a way because <laughs> there's nothing like that between us anymore, and that's okay. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. But thank thank you so much for sharing your mom with me. Yeah. And and, and just and you know there's. I did get into a relationship, the one where the guy shamed me for my mental health. Mm. He was like not okay with me keeping in contact with this person. Of course person. not. That, even, that all lines up. Even yeah. though. Interesting. She was the one who set me in this ex up. Interesting. Because he was also a former student at that college. So oh. it's it's kind of messy, kind of, you know, not yeah. messy, but it's, it's And a I lot. would trust her recommendation. Right. And she does. Obviously, she's was, never dated the guy, so she doesn't fucking know what he's like. And this was after the rekindling with her son. So I think she felt like, oh, maybe, you know. Maybe someone else. Would yeah. Have. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's also, I mean, there's so many people. It's weird because there are so many people that I'm friends with that I would absolutely never recommend mm-hmm. my friends to date. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yep. sometimes it's hard to justify. It's like, OK, well, why? are you friends with someone that wouldn't make a good partner but it's not like because they're a terrible person no. it's different. just everyone isn't meant to be a partner but i mean some of the people are absolutely right people yeah <laughs> well so, so I, I have guy friends that are awful boyfriends but fantastic friends a hundred percent like i like, have guy friends wow. that i'm like please don't don't go you to my hate- sister yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. it's my- like they hate if if like a woman is under your like romantic or sexual interest eye, ugh, run girl. Mm-hmm. But if she's under a friendship eye, you're safe, mm-hmm. which is odd. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's the a million is reasons. Still there. Well, yeah. it's hard. I've I've, yeah. I've I've actually started like recently shaving kind of those people out of my life because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you don't if you don't respect women in relationships, we really can't be friends. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's hard. It's hard though. There's slim pickings in this yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, totally. there is. Yeah, but it's good. So your current boyfriend is like completely understanding of so, that. So. So when Matt and I first started dating, this is part of the package. It's like, okay, so I have this. Also, there's, you know, eventually I told him about Kim because, you know, it's like this is a mother figure in my life. I used to date her son when we were 19. You know, it, it, it was a childhood love. Like, yeah, it feels so long ago. It, it, so it, long ago. It's so long ago. So when Matt and I first started dating, like I ended up because he moved to New York briefly and I ended up meeting him out here and we ended up going to Vermont because I wanted to I wanted him to meet my parents. Yeah. Yeah. I brought him home (laughs) and Jeremy was not living there at the time. He was still out, you know, um, in Colorado. So I'm glad I got to bring Matt home and be like, hey, like, you know, these are these are important people. And Mm -hmm. they got we got to have that experience together. So this weekend 
um, you know, because um, they Kim's been dying for me to come out because it, I never get to go out to Vermont anymore. It's been a couple years because of the pandemic, and I'm traveling so much now, and it, it's so hard to get out there. You have to yeah, fly into either Boston or yeah. Connecticut and then yeah. drive. Anyway, so um, so yeah, uh, her son has moved back. And he has a baby and a beautiful, beautiful future wife. And and I, I just love – see. it's so interesting because he ended up with someone just like his mom. Ah. And I think I ended up just like kind of like the direction of what my parents yeah. had, this strong – it's got to be strong if the yeah. relationship is strong. And, and so I – for me, it, it's like I feel – I don't know. I feel like – I feel lucky that I get to have this. You know, yeah. and we we all four of us, me, Jeremy, Celine, Matt, we went all around <laughs> Vermont together. And it's like this modern thing. I don't know. I, I think in some ways it's like, why does it have to be a certain way? Just Fuck because. Convention. Yeah. You know, I think I and I very much am against like, don't go, don't be or talk to anyone that's not good or talk, you know, good for you if it, it's toxic. But I think there's sometimes gray areas in life where certain things are just how they are and yeah and on that same coin of like don't go towards people that are toxic for you keep the people in your life mm-hmm. that offer you like love and compassion and kindness and that you have like i don't know if you, i'm really into woo woo stuff i've been rereading all of dr brian weiss's books which he wrote this like groundbreaking book called many lives many masters about past lives and like listening to your story i'm like a hundred percent that woman was your mom or your mm-hmm. sister or your spouse mm-hmm. in another life yeah. like you that connection is so beautiful mm-hmm. and like that should be honored yeah and you're you can't it. pick where those come from not either. at all not well, at all. and it was interesting because when you when you messaged me uh, that that was uh, something that you do, I was I was laughed because I was like, oh, I'm like literally vehemently against <laughs> being uh, friends with exes. But now hearing the story, yeah, obviously this is like this is a very unique situation. It's so unique, and also I do think there is something about the amount of time that's gone by. Uh, to me, a, a relationship that I had when I was 19 is so. That's like it's like that person had a relationship with a different mm-hmm. human. You yeah, know, that's not even totally who I am anymore. Totally, and I I feel and I, I and that's why I say it's like <laughs> if you say oh I just brought my current boyfriend back home to my ex boyfriend's parents' house, people are like uh right is he problem. okay like yeah. yeah but I but there's a story behind that and there's a history and yeah like you said you can't you can't control where those people who unconditionally love you come from. Yep. You just got to be lucky that you have that. And when you discover it, that's mm-hmm. so beautiful. And yeah. it's so breathtaking. It's a breathtaking part of your yeah. life and it's nurturing. And yeah. so that's, it's very healing. And so, yeah. And ultimately like, I just feel so good about it, about the whole thing, about ever having dated him, ever having, you know, just the whole, any, anything that we ever went through at 19 that might've se- seemed like the end of the world, you know, it, I just am so happy it turned out the way it did. Yeah. So and, and he's and he is he at peace with the whole thing now. He is such a good. Uh, it's so weird to see him be a dad because that's the one thing that we were talking about and why you know we would never work out. We're so much alike. Like I'm such a self. I can be so selfish. And he was an only child, so he didn't. You know, there's a level of selfishness that I think comes with that naturally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it's so beautiful to see what a woman can do or the right person. And what that can bring into your life. And I just, I'm so happy for them. Yeah. Oh, me too. I love them. I love them them too. That's so great. (laughs) They're beautiful. And and yeah, I just, (sighs) I really, you know, and I love that Matt is so like 
accepting and that Jeremy got to meet Matt and to see me that I have such a good guy in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they got along great. It was so weird to see them together because it's like I knew they'd be friends. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> That's so cool. And yeah, it's just yeah, it's 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 such a a rare situation. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I love hope, unconventional. I hope anyone like who has that situation just celebrate it because it makes life interesting. Yeah. It does. <laughs> well, and also, I, I think I heard. I must have heard a clip somewhere of like floating around Instagram about you know kind of Matt meeting you or seeing mm-hmm. you for the first time, and it was it reminded me a lot of the story that you told about your parents mm-hmm. because he was like, "This girl yes. is going to be my girlfriend." Uh-huh. So there's so uh-huh. many overlaps into your parents' story <laughs> and you and Matt's story. Sorry, you guys. I'm so emotional because I just got done. I literally came from seeing them and it, it's just the <laughs> no, whole yeah. thing. I'm, I'm processing. And yeah, you're right. I, I really thought about it last night. I was like, wow, we really ended up with with who we should be with and mm-hmm. and, and it's a good lesson that. it's a good lesson too and like um and I've, I've heard this first uh on dan savage's podcast and i i echo it as many times as i can think of it's like just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it's a failure like there's so many successes that come from ended relationships and there's obviously such a very clear beautiful multiple yeah. takeaways from your relationship and with Jeremy. although our, our relationship may have ended romantically we will be in each other's lives forever. Yeah, in, which in is so much thicker a, than romantic yeah, love in, in a way. in such a better way. So, and again, like Jeremy and I don't talk. Like there's no, we really don't speak that much. Like if it's more like, oh, you know, I, this fun at your mom, you know, I'm going to see your mom or mm, or yeah. whatever. And, and well, now that he's, you know, back home and it's like, if I go out there, we'll obviously all spend time together. But for the most part, for the last however many years since I left college, like I've really just only spent time with his parents because Mm -hmm. he wasn't he wasn't back there yet so it's like a new chapter in this weird situation (laughs) i don't know i love that that's fucking but yeah it was it was really fun bopping around with my current boyfriend and my ex-boyfriend and the the mother of his and the mother of his child (laughs) (laughs) yesterday i love that i love that but yeah great times love them um good what you because you you were signaling to us right i can't see you and you're like you're giving us things okay oh, it's wrapped yeah okay. so i think it's time to wrap up but thank you so much for sharing your story oh with gosh, us and it was nice you. to sit down and talk to you i'm not used to getting so emotional on podcasts oh no it's good it this is kind of chair yeah <laughs> this is the guys who fuck podcast is known for oh my gosh being an emotional place we yeah. get vulnerable man mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. where can we find you where can people see more of you see you oh, perform yeah. uh well i mean i'm i am on uh twitter Instagram, I'm on. I literally just malfunctioned. You watch that. Um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Rachel Wolfson. I'm on Twitter at Wolfie Comedy. Uh, my DMs account is at Wolfie DMs, which is all the crazy DMs I've received <laughs> from mainly men, but also mm. women um, and anything in between, whatever you identify as. And um, everyone could be pieces of shit. Doesn't yes, matter what your gender does is. Does not matter. It does not discriminate. <laughs> and um, and so I have tour dates on my site. You know, I'm just uh, enjoying the process of learning this craft and hopefully becoming, you know, great at it. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for coming. I'm welcome to, to New York. I know you love it yeah, here. Thank uh, you. This has been Guys We Fuck the Anti Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. <laughs> Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary, created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? 
take the energy out of me. So good, do it so bad. I know it's nice in LA, but you should come to where I'm at. Cause I keep it fluid. Oh, this love is included. Stay alive, so unrooted. Dreams to keep it elusive. If you thought I was foolish, with my patience, you know it. That's how I used to do it. Now don't test me. I'm out if you, if you, if you take on my time like you using. Don't hype me up, no excuses In my feels like it was Cupid I don't like show, miss me if that's how you do it Ooh, look at us, she got so much jewels No, it isn't me, but it's you And you're on way again, I'm about to Nothing inside my head Yeah, I took some shroomies and focused on imagery Whipping the bottom of like chemistry, focus on commas, but always got sense in me. Focus intensity, know what I'm meant to be. When they hit snippets, they lose if I said to me. Haters were staring in the room, but not stepped to me. She want me all in the front like a sesame. Triggers and juices, we never discuss it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.